Hey, B. Yes? Have you heard? Heard what? Winter is coming. Oh my god. Is Game of Thrones coming back? Are they redoing season eight? No, just regular winter. Oh. I'm going to need two things then. Warm feet and coffee in my belly. I think I got just the thing for you. Oh yeah? Yeah. We've got some amazing partnerships with two companies, Smartass Undies and Cafe Hacienda Rio. Smartass Undies is a small business committed to saving the planet and your mindset. They're engineered from recycled materials to produce sustainable and super comfy underwear and socks. Motivation is perishable and needs refreshing every day, just like your undies and socks. Every time I look down at my feet, I see words like gratitude and self-discipline and integrity, and it just keeps me going. Tell them about the coffee, Dante. Oh, I've got coffee for you. Cafe Hacienda Real Coffee from Costa Rica. This micro roastery is just outside of San Jose. We found it a couple of years ago when we were in Costa Rica. They small batch roast a custom blend of pea berry and Arabica beans. You can pick your roast type and whether or not you want it ground or whole bean. And then they will ship to order exactly what you want. Now we've got a couple of offer codes for our listeners for Smartass Undies. We have links in the show notes to get to the website. And when you, once you get there, you're going to use the code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. And for the Hacienda Real Coffee, you're going to go to goldenbean.net and use the promo code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Kick Winter's ass. back everyone welcome back so what are we going to talk about today today we're going to talk about how to be an awesome ex are you an awesome ex yeah i think so are you an awesome ex i think so <laughs> i think we all might be a little biased i think though. everybody thinks they're an amazing ex um i'm th- I'm sure some people think they're shitty really it. well i don't know Can you or imagine? don't care that's a that's a level of like self-awareness i don't think a lot of people <laughs> possess i'm the worst ex well, ever. can you imagine if you are a shitty ex and you go oh yeah no i'm i'm a shitty ex like they're proud of that or are out there advertising that fact i don't know that i think everybody thinks they're amazing but i think the reality is is that most, everybody's delusional <laughs> yeah most people are delusional <laughs> <laughs> so so well, we want to help you we do and you know it's it's funny because i think that culturally the shitty ex or complaining that your ex is shitty has sort of been the norm right and i it calls to mind the wedding singer great movie where he does the song about how he writes half of it it's when they're together sweet. and then the other half after they broke up yeah and it's just, but it was all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was all a fucking joke, right? Like, it's just like so full of angst yep. and, and just hatred. And I think that's most songs that you hear about exes are maybe not as harsh, but in that vein, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the other one that pops to mind? That, that Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone, right? Like that kind of like... You know, mm-hmm. or or Alanis Morissette, 
you ought to know like that was she was angry she was angry yeah but i think there's a different way we can do this like ariana grande for example yeah she came out with thank you next yes and it was a different flavor of talking about your ex where it's like thank you thank you for everything that you've taught me this was a relationship in a time in my life where this is what i needed or that and i think that's a way healthier way to look at people i feel like like ariana's way more friends with her ex than like alanis morissette is well i'm sure that alanis has do you think she's worked through dealt with things over time but you know the 90s was an angsty kind of decade (laughs) there was a whole genre (laughs) of music that came out of that yeah pretty much and i and i think that you know, and Ariana's not, I mean, she's still in her 20s, I think. I don't think she's 30 yeah, yet. No. And, but sort of wise and mature beyond her years in her way of looking at past relationships. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, we broke up. I have to pretend you don't exist. Like, why is that necessary? Well, yeah. I mean, okay, in, in Heteroland, w- that's kind of the I, w- I want to just like put a disclaimer on this. Okay. On this discussion before we have it. Is that this is not about abusive relationships or like super toxic relationships where, you know, the person that you're dating is a narcissist or... Yeah, you, you don't know, have to be an awesome ex to them. No. Like this is about sort of normal... I don't know what normal means, but like... Non-abusive, non-abusive relationships that break up. Non-toxic. Whenever I hear non-toxic, I think of crayons. <laughs> Are they non-toxic? You can eat crayons. I mean, in theory, yes. In theory, you're not. It's not much nutrition in it, but no. you won't die. Is the point? No, there's not a lot of protein. <laughs> but yeah, so I just want to kind of like I want to have this conversation with the proviso that this is not about enabling people to have access to you that are going to abuse you or make you feel shitty. Right. This is just, you know, if there's a relationship that is just not going to work. And I know that there's like, there's going to be hurt feelings and we're going to kind of address that as we go through. But Mm -hmm. I think there are things that you can do to make things better for yourself, for your partner or your ex-partner. And um, I've kind of split it up into two parts, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, non-binary friend, or... Um, an ex-spouse and if you have children with that person that changes things it does it does change things there's there's a little bit of an extra layer on top of that Mm -hmm. so i would like to start before the breakup okay when you are questioning or contemplating ending the relationship that's usually when people start being their shittiest i think it is because and, and, and when you stop caring and especially when the other person doesn't know yeah that that's where you're going um, I think it's important that you communicate honestly about how you're feeling. If you're starting to feel like, I don't know if this is a relationship that I want to stay in, I think that you should be honest and say, you know, I'm having, I'm struggling here. Ooh. Let's have a conversation about that. If you're really not sure, I think the best thing to do, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing for a little bit. Give yourself some time. Yeah. And Especially if you are married or you have children with someone, I, I, I think... There's more things to keep track of. For sure. consider, for sure. And I think counseling is always a good idea. Like, and counseling on your own might be a good idea first before right. you 
go ahead and and suggest couples counseling. I think it's always a good idea to, and I don't know if that's always the advice that's offered to people. It's like, let's go to couples counseling. And the other person's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I think it, you know, nobody wants to be blindsided. No. And so I think it would be prudent if you're struggling a little bit to have a session or two on your own to see. With an independent party. Yeah, like with with an actual counselor. Rather than like, your circle of friends or something. Oh like yeah, no, that. no, 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 no. They're just, no because you know whether they're gonna have an opinion. They're gonna have an opinion, and I think as much as we'd like to believe that people are giving their honest opinions, not unbiased opinions, which I don't know if that's such a thing. If you can have an unbiased opinion, because people are going to inject their own thoughts and feelings. Yeah. On that, like how they feel about their relationships at that time. How, I mean, if they're if they're in a happy relationship, they're going to be like, "You got to try and save it. You got to do everything you can." And if their relationship is shitty, they're like, "You got to get the fuck out." Right. And so <laughs> you you really do need someone who preferably doesn't know you and doesn't yeah. know your partner to really have that. 30, as Dr. Tom Murray said, that thirty thousand foot view. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really really important. So. But I think it is important for you to be honest with your partner if you are struggling. Don't just clam up and start to isolate yourself without saying, listen, I'm having some issues here. I'm struggling here. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this? Or can I just have some time? Right. You know? And and as the person on the other side, trying to be understanding of that rather than feeling hurt and blindsided and attacked, right? Yeah. Like, and language, I think language is always important. Yeah. Using I messages instead of you messages. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. Not I, when you do this to me, I feel like... Well, that's actually still okay. I guess, when, yeah. when I feel like this when this happens. But just saying, you make me feel dot, dot, dot. Well, and terminal language is always something that you need to be really careful of. Can you explain terminal language? Well, you never do this, or you've never loved me, or... You or know, you always do that. Yeah, and it's kind of like, that's really unrealistic. It's that, unfair. Yeah. And people, there is, think about how you would respond if somebody said that to you. Like, your first instinct is to defend yourself well yeah well i don't always do that and i never do anything around the house what are you talking about i vacuumed yesterday like what do you mean never But i had to tell you to do yeah i want you to want to vacuum (laughs) no one wants to vacuum (laughs) nobody wants to do the dishes nobody wants to vacuum no because you have to what about what about sex when you're contemplating oh ending a relationship (sighs) i don't know there's a there's a lot of people out there that like breakup sex that kind of angry, like, I'm going to get mine one last time sort of stuff. It's a little bit aggressive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you're thinking about... Yeah, I, I think because it adds an extra, some extra drama. But I'm, I'm talking about, like, if you are contemplating ending a relationship, I know as a woman, mm-hmm. when I was contemplating the end of my marriage, I didn't feel like... I didn't want to have sex with my soon-to-be ex because I felt like it was lying almost. So you, lying with my pussy. That's what I kind of felt so like. So you know <laughs> you know the last time you had sex with I your do. ex-husband. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's or you, or you sorry, of course you know you had it, but I mean you knew <laughs> you knew like you did it you're I like knew, this is the last time. Yes. I did I did know that. We yeah, I was like this is the last time this is going to happen. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. The last time with my ex. No. No. It just 
It was like, here's another time. Here's another time. And there's like, oh, that was the last time. Right. Yes. Right. Does that make you feel differently about it? Well, you know, closure is something you get for yourself, right? Like, Would you like to go and do that one more time? No, to, thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm good. Right. Well, no, you know. but it's just, I think, I wonder if, if you know, if you've made that definitive decision, if you are more aware of certain aspects of it. Well, I just think, you know, sometimes, sometimes people perform service sex right just to keep the peace and just to you know and to get what they need Mm -hmm. and so if you feel you want to continue to be sexually intimate with you with someone that you're still partnered with and you feel okay about that and it's not going to confuse you confuse you about your feelings about it Mm But I also think that's something that you can ask for space about. They're going to know something's up, though. Well, yeah, they should know something's up. If you're in a relationship with someone that's that intimate and they have no idea that you're struggling, that's a problem, I think. That is a problem. I don't understand how one person can be in a personal agony, like in a personal hell, and the other person's like, everything's great. That tells me that... One person is super out of touch with yeah. what's going on with their partner. Yeah. Right? Like I, they're not paying attention, which is probably one of the reasons why you're in that spot. Yeah. I think if they're that oblivious, it kind of validates the path that you're on, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know, I'm okay with like holding hands or being close, but for right now, I'm dealing with some things I would really rather not have sex right now. And I think instead of like turning people down opportunity after opportunity, like instead mm. of just saying no, 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 no. And the and then the other partner's like, what the fuck is happening? At least if you say, look, I'm working on some things. I'm having some issues. Can we just not, can we just. Can have, we just not? Can we just not? Can we have, can we take sex off the table for right now? I think people, uh, I know you're making that face. That emoji. But like I said, if, if. If I didn't know and my partner brought that to me, like if I was unaware that they were struggling and then they said, hey, you know what? We're just going to, I'm going through this thing. I, can we just take sex off the table for a little while? I'd be like, what? Isn't that, (laughs) but isn't that better than just every time you try getting shut down and getting shut down and getting shut down and going, what's wrong with me? It's like ripping off the bandaid versus peeling it off a little bit by a little bit. Right. And what's usually better? Oh yeah, ripping it off, but it but it hurts. still hurts. But short term, it hurts like <laughs> fuck, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, I think if you if you feel like you're being disingenuous by continuing continuing to have sex with someone that you're planning on breaking up with, mm-hmm. I think that's something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And I don't think it's a good idea to blind blindside someone. No, it's not fair. No. Um, I think it's important to take some time to yourself to really think about whether ending things is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Okay. Like, you know, um, and, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a planned thing, but when I kind of came to the real definitive conclusion that I needed to end my marriage, I was on, on a trip without my, my husband or family for three or four days. And it was the first time in I couldn't remember how long that I was able to focus on my own thoughts. Just you. Yeah. Just me. Yeah. Just me. And 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 I was also kind of struck by, wow, it's been a long time since I've actually lived inside my own head for a little bit. Right. It's amazing how the noise 
and the busyness of everyday life can sort of drown out and shove to the side things that you may be feeling. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are on autopilot right now. Yeah. Right? And just, not, they they are too busy to stop and think like, how do I actually feel about my life right now? Like, what's, I'm just on survival mode. Right. right? Or like people with little kids. Like, they just take yeah. up so much of your life, you don't necessarily have a chance to think about what's going on. And that's right? the thing, right? Like, you know, kind of had smallish kids at the time. Mm-hmm careers, running the house, all of those things, you know, family obligations. Sometimes there's so much noise you're not even thinking. And indeed, when you get a chance to just breathe and be on your own, Mm -hmm. you need to think about how you really feel about it. And when I say like temporary solution to a, sorry, permanent solution to a temporary problem, COVID is a big thing right now. Yeah. It's putting a lot of strain and stress on intimate relationships and doing it on like a global scale yeah like it's one thing when you and your partner have a kid and you're in that timeline of that one child but Mm -hmm. this is like literally the entire planet is going through the exact same thing at the exact same time right right? yeah and i i i sympathize with people that are struggling and thinking what the fuck am i gonna do like it's not it's not feasible to to move it's not feasible to end things right now like it's just and and it's I feel for people that are struggling inside their relationships where going to work or all of the other social obligations all the pressure release valves are gone that's right right. Yeah. yeah and so that pressure just builds and builds and builds and builds and I have talked to some people who's relationships have been made better by spending more time together yeah. where part of the problem is they're so busy and they have so much to do that they're not checking in with each other they're not connecting and so covid has also been great for certain relationships i feel like that is far that's the minority of cases i think a lot more people are like one of my friends where it's like the busyness and the separate work lives and things were the escape from yeah. the shitty relationship and it now keeping you, it going now you take all that out and it's like you have no choice the spotlight is shone entirely on the shitty relationship it's like, and you're like oh wow i really what? hate you yeah <laughs> like oh, i can't i do not want to do this anymore yeah and and that's i think it's important to give yourself you know because emotions are running really high right now mm-hmm. there's a low level or varying levels yeah, not so low levels of anxiety of that is underpinning everything right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to give yourself a little bit of a timeline. Like to say, this is how I feel right now. I don't think a lot of people are aware of how transient emotions are. Mm-hmm. And they are just that, emotions. And sometimes, and, and it's not a good idea to make a major decision when you are in an emotional state. Yeah. It's really not wise to do that. Give yourself a timeline, three months, six months. Especially something as major as ending a relationship. Yeah. And I'm not saying that boyfriend, girlfriend, non-binary friend relationships are not major, but when you have children involved, when you have... Property. Property, business, you know, intertwined lives. Yeah, that's something that's going to be a tremendous strain on a lot of people, not just the two of you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when like... You break up with someone you've been dating for a year or a few years. It really doesn't affect many outside of the two of you. Unless you're going to like split up your friends or something. Yeah. 
which, you know, that's why it's important for you to maintain your own friendship. Yeah, don't get lost in that relationship at the expense of all of your own I'm, relationships. I'm going to invoke Dr. Murray again and don't commit self-aside. Mm-hmm. Like, keep your own shit mm-hmm. so that if that happens, you know. You have a support network. You have something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Do you have any other, anything else that you'd like to talk about before you pull the pin? You know, I always wonder... We look at things, you know, in North America and Western culture, we look at things like marriage contracts or prenuptial agreements right. as kind of unromantic, like as, mm. as that terminal sort of thinking, like, so when we break up, right. this is how it's going to go. But And people get really offended. People get it's super Like, we're not even offended. married yet and you're already talking about our divorce. Yeah, like one of the seasons, I think it was the last season of 90 Day, because, you know, 90 Day Reference... Uh, where there was the Brazilian model who was yeah. dating the really wealthy like wine merchant or whatever. Yeah. And his ex-wife, who he was like still kind of best friends with. She was a great ex. She was an awesome ex, but she was like, have you done a, a, a prenup? And the Brazilian new wife was really offended by that yeah. because it was kind of like, but I think I think those kinds of things can be really, really valid because when you do that in when you are in love with somebody, mm-hmm. I think you have that right spirit of I care about this person. I want to make sure they're. I want to make sure they're taken of. care of. I want to make sure that that everything is equitable and fair. Versus right. what ends up happening in most separations and divorces, where the two people hate each other, mm. cannot remember the time when they were in love with each other, and it just ends up being like. I'm going to take as much as I can and fuck you over as much as the law will let me do it. And I don't care how you're left at the end of it. And the only winners are the lawyers. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think that. Which I have a real problem with. Because it, is, it is a bit of a predatory sort of uh, position that they're in. They, the, the, the more acrimonious and drawn out the breakup, the more lucrative it is for them. So how, how do you trust someone where that it's in their best interest for you to be suffering as much and as long as you possibly can? I, I don't I, get it. I have an idea. This is how we fix divorce okay. or family law. Oh, wow. In this, okay. Hold on to your pants. We everybody. have a standardized flat rate uh-huh. for divorce, uh. say $5,000 each or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And for every hour, you debate, negotiate, whatever, mm-hmm. the lawyer's fee goes down. Instead of them billing you by the hour, oh. you deduct by the hour. Oh. So there's not So this there's incentive. an incentive to get it over with. Yes. And to, yeah. Oh, that. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. But that's how I would fix it. And and to be fair, in my relation, you your divorce was pretty... Like it was very friendly. Well, and, we'll get and, into and, that. Yeah, but but I mean, using a mediator versus a lawyer is is uh, a great first step if you are in one of those situations because they're not vested in either of your. Um, they're not trying to bill you out as many hours as possible or make it go as long as possible. They're gonna they're trying to negotiate between immediate between the two of you. So. Right. Anyways, yeah, that was yeah. Mediate mediation. Mediation is, first. Is what do you got to lose? Right. Yeah. So, um, so now we're getting into during. During the breakup? Yes. Okay. One of the things that I think is very, very important is not to play the blame game. It's really hard not to, though. It is really hard not to, but you know what? Complain to your friends. Okay. Or whoever has 
very graciously decided to be your support system. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really, really important that you, and this is why you take the time and maybe get some counseling. You need to take responsibility for your own part in the breakdown of that relationship. Yes, everybody has a has a has a share in it. Maybe not share, not maybe not equal responsibility, but definitely shared Something. responsibility. Something, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that's a really really important thing for you to at least acknowledge to yourself, if not to your partner, to say, look, you know, this this is not this is not necessarily anybody's fault. I, you know, I did this, you did this. We're at this point. It doesn't matter how we got here mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just how do we move forward without like setting everything on fire? Right. You know, and whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, non-binary friend breakup or a divorce where kids are involved, I think that's really, really important. And it's really hard to do. I, I, I understand we've both been there mm-hmm. and we know what it's like to be in the middle of it and just want to go, mm, but try and resist, <laughs> meditate, <laughs> exercise some self-care, right? To keep yourself calm. Be very clear about the relationship being over. I find a lot of people are like, yeah, I think we should break up. And then the other person will like, pretend they didn't hear that. And then the No, next I'm day- not doing that. <laughs> and then people go, oh, okay, well, We'll, we'll try it a little bit longer. And it's it's that Band-Aid again. Yeah. Like, it needs to be very definitive. This is over. And this is, what we're, this is the direction that we're moving. I think it's prudent to make a list of things that, okay, these are the things that need to be discussed and dealt with. And when you're talking about a divorce, the kids, the house, assets, all of those things, that's something, you know, and if you need a mediator... Get that done. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in this country, in Canada, in order for you to be legally separated, only two things have to happen. One, you have to tell your partner. Two, you have to tell someone else. Yes. That makes you legally separated. Now you're legally separated as of that date. Yes. And you need to take note of that date. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of things hinge on, you know, time from separation dates. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, You know, this is when it starts to get really dicey because things are going to take time. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of think, okay, like I've, we're broken up. So now what? Does everything change the next day? Pack up your shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's not going to happen. GTFO. Yeah. Like it's, it's difficult, especially during COVID or especially when places to live aren't always super easy to come by. And I think a lot of people right now, in this time are maybe resisting making that statement because now what? Right. Like you can't go anywhere. So I'm just going to live in an even shittier environment. Right. Or I'll just kind of fucking white knuckle it until such time as we can do something about it. Right. So let's talk about living with someone that you're separated from. It's super fun. It is, it is a special kind of hell Ugh, challenge. It is challenging. I'm, 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 I'm channeling the queen now from the crown. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's challenging like Atlas trying to hold the planet on his shoulders. <laughs> like, like it's, not, it's not challenging like a jigsaw puzzle challenging. No, it's, it's, I think probably 
the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life was mm. to live with someone that I'm separated from. How it's, long how long did you live with your ex for? <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say because it like my separation and divorce comparatively to many slash most others was very quick and fairly painless. German efficiency at its finest. Yeah, there were a couple there I mean there was a few, there were a few like really fucking weird ass creepy things that happened. Yeah. And a couple of awkward, awkward, very awkward, things. but which we may or may not touch on today, but, but the fact that it was short limits the opportunity for those kinds of things. So to happen. we basically lived together, separated for, it was less than three months. Wow. Yeah. And it was awful. We you, slept separately, okay. which I think is important. Yeah. I think it's important for each partner to have their own space. In that in the house. In yeah. the house somewhere, right? Yeah. Um and uh, it's really tough. Mm -hmm. It it's really really tough. Like especially if you have kids and I I do think it's important. I'm not one for like pretending normally. Yeah. But in this case you need to pretend for those kids, man. Yeah. You need to you need to put put that show on, especially because... if you know it's not going to be a super super long time. Yes. Now, <laughs> part of being an awesome ex, and I'm bringing this up for a reason because. Oh, sorry. How long were you living separated oh, from it, your ex? Ugh. Let's just. <laughs> well, I'm almost done. No, it's, uh, it was over two years. Yeah. Yeah. And how was that? Awful. Awful. Not so bad in the beginning mm -hmm. because the house was large enough that we could have separate, separate quarters. Yeah, separate. Like I had a room in the basement with a full bathroom and stuff. So I mm -hmm. had my own space. It was actually supposed to be for a nanny. That's yeah. what it was roughed well, in Well, I for. mean, that was the idea when the basement was finished mm -hmm. was that like yeah. if, if, possibly maybe if there was a live-in nanny situation mm -hmm. and there would be the space for it. So it was fairly comfortable in that respect mm -hmm. um, because the idea was that, that my ex and I would like cohabitate and like co-parent. Yeah. And so, but like, or you what do they call when, it? Nesting where like you were with the kids, she was supposed to go somewhere yeah. else when you were with, when she was with the kids, you were supposed to go somewhere else. Yeah. The else. kids, the kids stayed in the house and had their routine. And you and guys rotated were, in and were, out. And so for the first, almost the first year, that's kind of the way it happened. And then about a year-ish into that, my ex decided that, no, she wasn't going to go no. away on my days with the kids. She was just going to hold herself up in her space in the house and then randomly come down to the kitchen when it was the middle of dinner and just, yeah, it was... Or text you or text when she me. didn't like what she was hearing. Or yeah, and like it that. was... And, and that made it extremely, extremely difficult. Yeah. And I I had... The, the whole reason it went on as long as it did is because I was trying to be an awesome ex and I was mm. trying to give my ex time to... Um, deal with the the breakup mm -hmm. and to get her life in order so mm -hmm. that because we and this is, th this is different there was no way for one of us to stay in the marital home no in our circumstance right uh so it was a giving time to set up you know both lives to be able to move out into like different, sell the house yeah, into, into respective that. homes yeah yeah right and and this is the thing like i actually bought my ex out Right. The home. So you stayed in the marital home. I stayed in the marital home and bought him out. I mm -hmm. didn't just like give me the house. But 
we both ran into issues where the other partner would find ways to punish. So mm-hmm. like, so for example, your house was always a mess when you would come back to yeah, it. Yeah, I would go away for a couple of days because mm-hmm. it was not my time with the kids. And I'd come back and that house would be like Motley Crue had just stayed there. <laughs> And I'd be like, what the fuck? And then I'd clean it up because I didn't want to live in that mess. Right. And and then I would go away and come back. And it was like the definition of insanity. It just kept happening over and over and over and over again. Right? Yeah. And that was deliberate. Yes. Yes. And and for me, there was a lot of things like, yeah, my ex would just stop doing certain things. Like there was a blizzard um, during the time that oh, we, shit, seriously, yeah, and and like I, I'm talking like you would have to shovel like every two or three hours. It was the snow was falling that fast, yeah, and he was off work because he was it was a day off for him, luckily, yeah. and I was off work because it was a snow day, and he sat in a chair in the corner and read a book all day, and it did fuck all, and I shoveled the driveway four times in one day because. It was my house now. It's amazing so, the game of chicken that you end up playing, right? Like, oh yeah, because I couldn't stand it. I was like, I got, I got to shovel the driveway. Well, and it's I like, could, I could have just left the house messy, but I no, didn't you can't. Live like that. That's the thing. No, you can't. And they know that. And this is, this is part of being an awesome ex. Is that, unfortunately, when you allow someone into your life and you allow them to get to know you know as well as they do, the they know all the buttons to push. They know yeah. exactly what you can handle and what you can't. And so. Part of being an awesome ex is to be respectful of what you know about your partner and not do shitty things on purpose that you know are going to drive them crazy. Did you ever exploit any kind of weaknesses? No. Even even in anger? No. Okay. And this and this was the thing and I listen, I it's really hard for me not to respond to things when I'm attacked or accused or poked is really hard for me. You've to always that. been very good about taking giving yourself space before you respond have you always been like that no so that is that something you learned recently no that yeah that was something that i made a conscious decision when i decided to end my marriage that i i had seen other friends of mine go through it right and saw how ugly it could get and how things escalate so quickly because emotions are running so high And feelings are hurt and people are angry and sad and I, I get it. But I saw people on both sides do and say things that I never would have imagined they would do or say. Yeah. Because the emotions are running yeah. yeah. And 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 like I said, when somebody knows exactly which buttons to push and how hard and when, um, I feel like that's such... It's exploitative. It's so fucking hard to get something like on a text message or whatever that just makes your blood boil yeah and then not respond yes i had you gave me some good pointers on that um you said turn off read receipts yeah yes so there's that, no there's no reason why your ex needs to know exactly so when So you can read you the read... message. They don't know that you've read the message. No. And you can take the time to respond. Yes. I need to get better at that because I, I still sometimes respond faster than I should. Yes. But I don't do it immediately <laughs> all the time the way I used to in the beginning. I made a very conscious decision that I didn't want. You know, this was this was the father of my kids. This was someone that I had spent, you know, a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. And we had, there were a lot of... It, it, 
it was a working marriage. We supported each other in endeavors and careers. Career development. Yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. And so I didn't want... And I knew that emotions aren't always going to run that high. And I didn't want to cause irreparable damage. Um, And we had young children, youngish children. Yeah. And they were going to suffer yeah. if the relationship was bad. And I, so, that, that is a huge misconception, I think, when people are contemplating divorce, that it's going to fuck the kids up. It's not the divorce that fucks the kids up. No. It's the animosity between the parents Agreed. that fucks the kids up. Yes. When one parent is slagging the other one yes. and just saying, your father or your mother does this or yes. what a piece of shit they are, all that kind of stuff. That tearing the children and making them choose is what and makes them end up in therapy you know, for the rest of their life, that kind of stuff. So being able to keep that, I think is really important. Keep that civility, especially in front of the kids. Yes. And and that's what I was saying. Like you need to, it's very, very important to practice non-responsiveness mm-hmm. to stuff mm-hmm. because people are upset. People are angry. People are hurt. And they're going to say and do things that they don't mean or that they do mean, but they wouldn't normally do that. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of things that that were said to me and intimated that I was just like, I'm not going to respond to that. I was very measured about my words. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. And to this day, and, and my ex and I have... A pretty amicable relationship mm-hmm. at this at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's been ten years. Our kids are are grown now. So you don't really have to have much contact with your ex. No, not at all. But 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 there's still there still is contact sometimes about certain things like sure. holidays and you know things to do with 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 the children. But it is very important to and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But be try and be try and be respectful. Try and be considerate. Being the bigger person is so hard so much, though. It is hard. And it doesn't feel as good as being the shittier person <laughs> in the moment. Not, not in the short term, but in the long term, I think it does. Like, when I look back, I don't, I don't feel like, I should have done this, or I shouldn't have said that, or I, I'm, I, I don't really... There, there aren't too many things that I think, that was and, a misstep. And, and I think you have to accept also that... There's pretty much a zero chance that your ex-partner is ever going to give you any credit for being the better person. Actually, that's not true. I think, do you think my ex is ever going to come to me? You know what? You really handled this well. Thank you for, well, for being so awesome. No. No. But those words the, will never leave her that's one of mouth. the reasons why, why your ex is. But like my ex and I, when we actually went to get our divorce... We we didn't we didn't do anything with lawyers at all. You we didn't did, do a mediator. We did our separation agreement on the internet, <laughs> and uh, a few years later, when he wanted to get married again, and we'll get into that too about new partners. Um, it was like so. I you know it's time. I think it's time for us to get our divorce. Um, you know, if we could just go to the courthouse and get that done. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do that thing. And we stood in front of a wicket at the courthouse and <laughs> the clerk that was there was like, so let me get this right. Like you two are the ones getting divorced. Cause we were like chatting about just, just chit chat. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and I'll never forget this. We left the court. We got that all done and we left the courthouse and he said, you know, 
I was really upset and angry at the time. And this was probably like three years later, I, okay. I think. And he was like, but you were right. Like, that must have been really, really hard for you to pull the pin like that. But mm-hmm. you were right. I wasn't happy. I thought I was. And, it, you know, you did the right thing. And I, I know that was hard for you to do. And just that acknowledgement of, you know, you were right. Like, I'm glad that you did it because I wouldn't have done it. How much know? do you think that had to do with the fact that your ex was in a new relationship? Um, I mean, obviously the timing, but, but well, yeah. what, the words, do you think that was because... I, I mean, I think honestly, a lot of people don't realize how unhappy they were in a previous relationship until they find a new yeah. relationship, for sure. But As a direct comparison. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't say that even after they'd found a new relationship, yeah. you know? Um, so I just wanted to touch on, you know, if you are separated from someone um, and still living in the same house, I think at that point, that is the only time a DADT arrangement is feasible. Like if you are separated and you want to have a relationship with somebody else. Yeah. You're separated. You're separated. Probably not a good idea to bring that person back to the marital home. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I but I think but that. I think at that point you need to respect each other's personal life that you are no longer included. Mysteries on both sides. Mysteries. I actually wrote that. Mysteries on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Where you you are no longer entitled to information about what your ex-partner is doing when they're not watching the kids. And I think that's a good idea to sort of start a, you know, almost like a custody arrangement. Right. Where certain partners are, are... responsible for the children at certain times Mm -hmm. and the other person gets a break right assuming this is just a regular parent sort of yes exactly but um poly stuff gets a little bit more complicated it it does but i but i i think that still applies if you Mm -hmm. have more than two parents Mm -hmm. that's you know everybody needs their own space and i think they are entitled to their privacy if you are legally separated and things are taking time and you're going through the process you're under no obligation to speak about mm-hmm. where you're going or who you're seeing or anything like that. It's just, you're entitled to your privacy. You're entitled to a private life. And this whole, I think at some point, not anymore so much, but even separated, like when they go, oh, well, you're not divorced yet. You're just separated. I think there was kind of a misconception that you were still obligated to your Yeah, you still had some partner. kind of marital responsibility to your Yeah, partner. and yeah. no, like separated is separated. And I think that's the difference between like a marriage and any other kind of non-legally binding kind of arrangement. Like, because if you're if you're just boyfriend girlfriend and befriend whatever, and you're like, I don't want to see you anymore. Okay, cool. Like the separation just becomes you're done, right? It's like a shit you don't have to wipe, right? But with a marriage, there's legal stuff, and oh, paperwork, yeah. and you can't just be like, okay, bye, and then off well, you go. I, I, I was in, I was in a relationship after, after my marriage, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't live together. It was basically boyfriend girlfriend thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had been struggling for a while, and we had talked about that, and I gave it six months, and nothing had changed at that point, and I broke it off, and I said. I'm all done. Like, mm-hmm. this hasn't changed. And I didn't see that person for four years. <laughs> it's 
until you were in the grocery store. I just saw him like or a couple driving, of weeks ago. driving along. I would see him on the street, yeah, but I but never like run into him. Yeah, and you know, I I think when it's not a marriage, when it like let's you know we can we can talk a little bit about a relationship where you're not living together. Um, it's not a legal. It's not a, a you know yeah. There's no there's, you're not common law spouses yeah. or there's no kids involved. Yeah, that is is a completely different animal. I think. I think it's when you're talking about that kind of relationship, you should stop all contact. Right. Immediately. Because it makes it easier? Yeah, I think it does. I think, you know, unfortunately, in, in the, this social media world that we live in, it's easy for you to sort of continue to keep tabs on that person. Yeah. Is that, I mean, are we going to cover that? Like, yeah. What, okay. Yeah. Because I think that social media piece is really important. Because It is very important. This isn't your grandparents' breakup. No. It's easy for you to keep, t- like, low-key keep tabs on yeah. somebody. Yeah. What, what are your feelings on that? Let's say we broke up. No. <laughs> I don't accept that. Okay. You haven't right. told anybody else. No. All right. <laughs> uh, no, in my, own, in my own marriage. We're not talking about marriages. We're talking about... Oh, just boyf- like boyfriend, girlfriend? Boyfriend, girlfriend, not living together. Mm. I think as part of the healing process, I mean, time heals all wounds, right? And love heals all wounds. Well, okay, that too. But there's depends no love at you, the end of the depends relationship. Depends on what you do with it. Of, of course there is. Well, there there is. can be. It can be. It depends on the kind of breakup. It depends on what you do with that time that heals the wounds. I think but. regardless, space is a good idea. And physical space as well as virtual space yes. needs to be restricted or, or, or needs to be kind of considered. So blocking or unfriending on social media platforms and potentially mutual friends whereby you might see things about mm-hmm. your ex-partner because because of a common friend or something like that mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time I think is a good is a good idea I think there are ways I don't I don't know about you but I always find blocking is like really aggressive it does seem aggressive yeah but um, there's like ways to mute yeah you can mute people can you do that on Facebook yeah, you can mute people. You can mute. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's probably important to do. Yeah. And it depends on the nature of the breakup and the reason for the breakup. It's really interesting too, because if you stop interacting with those people's posts, you see them less. Yeah, they, the algorithm so will, will Sometimes the algorithm is kind. <laughs> yeah. And so I used to see my ex's stuff all the time. And... Now I don't see it very often. Just, because me- just memories on Facebook. That's the oh only thing. Oh my God. Fuck Facebook memories, man. This day, six years ago. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you for that. You guys went and did this thing. But that's the other thing too. Like there's a lot of people that will go through and delete photographs yeah. and things like that. I, I, I did a bunch of that. I, I, did you or, offer your social media? You deleted yeah. mutual pictures? Yeah. Really? Some of them I? Did, yeah. Or I would hide them just so that I wouldn't have to see them or other people wouldn't see them and part of that and that depends on your comfort level i think again like to invoke 90 day some some new partners get really fucking pissed off when they do a deep dive into your facebook and see pictures of you and your ex all your exes but the thing is is that personally i don't find that upsetting that's part of your life story yeah it's part of the story so why leave it out yeah i jumped on top of you for that one (laughs) but but i think that that is completely a personal choice. Yeah, it's something you have to choose. You have to decide. But I think that, you know, clicking on your ex-partner's 
Instagram stories and or kind of trolling them is a bad idea. Like ha- have some respect and give some respectful space. What do you what? It it's one thing when somebody walks out and leaves you. Yes. And you're like I never see them again because they left. But if they walk out and leave you and then you just sit there on your social media stalking them and seeing pictures of them and seeing what they're doing, it just takes that pain of that breakup and just stretches it out that's very true and that's and that's that's when it that's why i say like it's a personal choice depending on the nature of the breakup if one person wanted the breakup and the other person did not Mm. if you are the injured party then maybe it is a good idea to block for a little bit so that you don't have to you know it's kind of an out of sight out of sight out of mind yeah kind of thing yeah um Sometimes it's better if you don't know what they're up to and you can sort of move on with your own stuff and focus on your own life instead of focusing on somebody else's life. I think rarely are you going to feel the way you think you're going to feel by finding out their, what they're up to. I think How bef- do you mean? I think that like when you're wondering, you're like, who are they seeing? What are they doing? Where, where are they going? And then you find out... I feel like you're going to feel shittier about knowing. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Than not knowing. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I think for you, like a lot of it is like FOMO, right? Where it's like, oh, they're doing that thing now. Yeah. Or they're, right? And one thing, actually, this just popped into my head about this. If you are in, um, if you've linked yourself digitally, like I'm not even just talking about like social media, mm-hmm. but if you share like a, a cloud storage account or something like that. Are you starting to have regrets about inviting me to be part of your Apple family? No, I, I, I wholeheartedly want you to be part of my Apple family. But, but (laughs) if you're, let's say you're like, you're a Google person, Apple person, whatever it is, and you have shared photos, Uh, especially if you've got it where it comes on your TV as a screensaver, uh, you may want to think twice about delinking your phone. Yeah. From some of those services that your your mm. ex-partner shares. Because can you just imagine you're out on a date or worse, you're getting... I mean, it's not worse for you, but like somebody sends you nudes and then your partner gets it because you're sharing an, like an iCloud storage account or a Google Photos storage account. Like it could make things very, very difficult emotionally, but also in the like negotiation <laughs> process, right? Like... <laughs> So yeah, think digi- about, digital linkage can be very, very think, tricky. Think about that. You it's know, not just about having them come and grab a box of their shit out of your bathroom or something like no. that. Like you also have to think about oh, your, what your kind of shit of is coming out of the bathroom? Digital footprint. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm erasing your Netflix profile on my account. Some people get super aggrieved, like when they're sharing passwords for those kinds of things, yeah. and then you go to like, you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna watch this thing on like Amazon Prime. You're like, wait, what? They changed the password? <laughs> like, you gotta, only... pay, you gotta pay for your own Amazon Prime, motherfucker. Yeah, there's only two episodes of The Mandalorian left. How am I gonna figure it out? What the fuck? <laughs> and then they get, then it's like the breakup's happening all over again, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing, too, is like so much of your virtual life or your digital life, if that depends on your partner, that, and there, that's just another thing that you need to negotiate, right? Yes. So, so we're talking about communication. Let's kind of, let's pivot back to ex-spouses when children are involved. Cool. I would suggest to people, once you are in separate locations. And remember that we are not lawyers. 
No. This is not legal advice. This no, is this just is just a friend this is su- just, making suggestions. I've been through the thing. You've been through the thing. Mm-hmm. We've watched other people go through the thing. Maybe it's arrogant of me, but I feel like I navigated that pretty successfully. I think most people who know you would, would agree. Yes. Thank you. When you are in a situation where now you and your ex-spouse are in separate locations and you are co-parenting, it is important that you only communicate about the children and you do that in a civil well yes but it should be through email or text only yes not phone calls that's a bad idea for why is that a bad idea it's a bad bad idea two reasons jump to mind it's easy to get emotional because you don't have the ability to stop and think because it's a conversation if you stop talking people get weird about that right uh the other thing too is that uh having a paper trail even if it's a digital paper trail, digital paper trail in this case is important, especially yes. if if the outcome of the conversation is something that you need to document. Yes. So documenting is a really good idea. And if, I don't think you can record a phone call without the other person's knowledge. No, and that's not an easy thing to do when everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. The thing is, if you have an agreement in place mm-hmm. and your partner is violating that agreement or giving you a hard time about that agreement, that needs to be documented. Yeah. And you, and that's really hard to do when you are on the phone yeah, talking with someone. And you're right. Emotions run really, really high. Things can escalate very quickly. Yeah. And people need to take time. So I used to have a 24-hour rule. Mm-hmm. When emotions were very high, it was very early in the, in the separation. I would not respond inside of 24 hours to any email. See, it's so hard because I just sit there for the whole 24 hours thinking about it (laughs) whereas if i respond poorly or awesomely at least then i don't think about it anymore but it just keeps going right i guess it does keep going it's that's never the end of it if you respond quickly and emotionally and flippantly that's not going to be the end of it no that's right so give yourself some time and if they message you again if they're used to very quick responses you say i'm taking some time to think about this yeah i will get back to you Within 24 hours. Yeah. And especially when it has to do with the kids, people get super emotional about their children, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Unless it's an emergency situation, then you need to of respond. Of course, of yeah. course, of course. But that's common sense, I think. Yeah. I mean, which isn't always so common, but... <laughs> um, so, moving forward, once, you, once the breakup has taken place and once the separation has taken place, um, just a couple of things that I have found that has worked very, very well mm-hmm. in curating an amicable relationship with someone that I scrambled my DNA with. Say yes as often as you can. Okay. To requests. Unless it is something that is going to compromise you. If it's something, if you take that 24 hours to consider a request from your ex, can we switch? Can you do this? Can this happen? Really think about it. Don't just say no to be an asshole. Hmm. Say no because you're setting a boundary. And you don't want to set an unhealthy precedent. I feel like people justify setting a boundary for a lot of things that they don't really need to set a boundary about. Yes. And other people are going to take advantage of that. But you need to be your own moral compass and ethical Mm. compass. Mm -hmm. And think about if you want to say no, if your snap judgment to go, no, fuck that person. I'm not doing that. Really think about why you're saying no. Is there really a good reason that you're saying no? Or are you just trying to be a shit? Or you're just trying to hurt the other person. And does that hurt your kids? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So 
there were a few times that my ex had, there were events on the day that I was supposed to be with the kids that he wanted to take them to. Hey, I have this thing. I would really like to take the kids to that. Is that cool? Can we make this switch? And I would say yes, because... You want your kids to be able to do that thing. Yes, and I want them to to have a healthy relationship with their other parent. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine who would always say no. She'd go, nope, that's on my day. You can't do that. I think I think one thing was like Cirque du Soleil or something like that that they had tickets for. Mm. And she was like, nope, that's my day. Don't don't schedule shit on my day. And it really didn't take anything away from her. No. To to say yes to that. And that created that set of precedent of no, fuck you. Just yeah. just no because. Yeah. And I think it's like it's not a very healthy way to deal with it. It's really really not. No. It's really not. And so the more you can say yes to things and say, yeah, that sounds fun. I'm sure they'll love that. The time you do have to say no. They'll understand it's because there's a real reason and not because you're being shitty. That's right. You think they will, but I'm not convinced that my ex believes that. Whether they acknowledge it or not is not the issue. Yeah. But they're not going to have, if they're documenting as well, yeah. They're not going to have the evidence say, you always say no to stuff. Really? Because I said yes to this and this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And I only said no to this because it's not good for me. And that, right? that is important, I think, to that documentation of concessions given. Yes. Is something that, that both parties should document. But certainly the person giving the concession should document. Yeah. So say yes as often as you can if it doesn't violate your boundaries mm-hmm. or compromise you. And be as flexible as you can be. And yes, sometimes people are going to try and tromp on your time, mm-hmm. on your space, with the kids, without the kids, whatever it is. It's really, really important to to do that and sort of extend that branch of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Because whether it comes back to you or not, that's not the reason you do it. No. Unfortunately, a lot of people hate their ex more than they love their kids. Mm-hmm. And you really need to take a good hard look at yourself and think about that. You yeah. know? Yeah. And and that and that concession isn't weakness. Consideration isn't weakness. Flexibility isn't weakness. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to look at the long term. You mentioned before about like talking shit about your ex in front of the kids. Yeah, yeah at least in Canada anyways, there are there's family law about that. Yeah, do you know what that's called? Parental alienation. Yes. And at least in Canada, and check with your, if you're in the States or another country, check with your family law there. It can be grounds for loss of custody or access to the children. It is a form of abuse. Yeah, it's considered here in Canada. It's considered a form of abuse. Yeah, because, and think about what that does to your kids. Like, they love both of their parents. Even if you don't love the other parent, yeah, it doesn't mean do. that they don't. Yeah. And it makes them feel like it creates a, a real cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. and a real sense of conflict inside, especially a young child yeah. thinking, I love my mom or I love my dad, but my my the other parent, parent is, is, is yeah. talking shit about that parent. It's like, and it creates that confusion of, well... Who's right? Yeah. and 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 feeling like, you know, questioning that sense of loyalty about, mm-hmm. well, you know, who do I love more and who am I going to believe? And it's just a, all kinds of, it's a layer cake of fucked up. Yeah, it really is. Do not do that to your no, children. No. And like you say, in this country, 
it can cost you custody of your children mm-hmm. if there is documentation to yeah, show your, that your, your your ex-partner could sue for custody on the grounds of and win nation and win yeah and it doesn't matter if what their gender is no it's the act that is, yes. is the deciding factor. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very serious. And when you talked before about it's not divorce that fucks up kids, that kind of shit mm. fucks up kids for a long, long time. And it's not right. It's not right mm. on either side. No. You know, I think it's important to, and, and again, I love that that piece of keeping yourself in counseling if that's what you need it. Work through your negative emotions with a counselor. Don't unleash them on your ex. Don't unleash them on your kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think it's important that you get to a point where you work through your anger and your hurt feelings and you can appreciate and celebrate the relationship that you once had and the little carbon soldiers that came from that <laughs> because they're always going to be there. Right? You, When you scramble your DNA with somebody, you are tied to them as long as those children live. Yeah. Right? And... I think that it's important that you get to a point where you can be a good friend to your ex. Mm. You know, it's not always possible. Sometimes it's just, you know what, we're going to deal with the kids and that's going to be it. But I know with my ex, we've been supportive of each other with things that have happened with careers, things that have happened with uh, relationships, uh, milestones, those kinds of things. You know, my ex still, I get, uh, for my ex-husband, I get a, um, a birthday text every year. Right. And I'm always surprised when I get it, but it's always nice. Yeah. You know, when the kids tell me, told me about a promotion that he got, I sent him a text and said, you know what, congratulations, you work really hard for that. And, and whether they respond or not, the feeling of, you mentioned it before, being that bigger person mm-hmm. is important. And it shows your children who you are. Yes. I think when you think about how hard it is to be that bigger person, Mm -hmm. I think your kids seeing that you are that bigger person, Mm -hmm. they will notice that if at one parent's house, there's a lot of shit talk and stuff going on. And at the other parent's house, there isn't. Yes. They will put two and two together. Eventually. When they get older at some point, right? They will. They will. And yeah, you you have to, it's hard, but you have to play that long game of what's what's in their best interest long term. The long game is very difficult to see, I think. Oh yeah, it is. But it is so worth it. And I think you're starting to see that now. I know all of this and it's still incredibly hard (laughs) for me to see it. Like, And your kids are smaller, so it's hard because you're having more more interaction more communication but even even when they come back and they and they're like well you know mommy mommy said this and it's really hard and i'm not always i'm i'm far from perfect about not being like well your mom's wrong (laughs) i don't know what kind of nonsense that is right i mean not in so many words no but but you're very like well you know I feel like blah, blah, blah. Like you don't, I I turn it around that way. You don't say like your mom's full of shit. Like you don't do that, but you, you are intelligent and thoughtful enough that you find ways to explain to them Mm -hmm. that people can have, can have different opinions and you know, mommy's house, mommy's rules, daddy's house, daddy's rules and those kinds of things. And I think you can do that without slamming your ex-partner. Yeah. Now, speaking of slamming. Yeah. Can we... Are we slamming coffee? Can we say a few words about new partners? Ooh. 
I think new partners are tough. In what way? I think that too many people, and I, I apologize for our listeners out there that don't have kids and are like, oh my God, they just keep talking about kids. But, <laughs> but these things get more complicated when there are children Absolutely, involved, yeah. right? Yeah. If you don't have kids, then you don't need to worry about introducing a new partner well, to your dog on, that you shared or something. Let's do that then. Let's satisfy our partners that don't have children. Okay. Or our partners. Satisfy our listeners. We have with partners the- <laughs> with our children? <laughs> we do actually. Um <laughs> Let's just talk about that for a second, because then I think it comes back to the social media piece. Yeah. And it seems like everybody seems to have some kind of timer in their head about when it's appropriate to go public, I guess, with a new partner. Right. It's like, it was only two weeks. It was only three days. It was only this long. And, you know, I hear Joey Tribbiani in my head going, what, like there's a rule or something? Yeah. But like on social media, for example... How long do you think is appropriate before you start to post photos of you with a new partner? I think a lot of that is generational. Oh. I think that the older you are, mm-hmm. I think the amount of time is lo- that is acceptable is longer. Versus if I look at like my younger sisters or... A younger generation, I feel like they have a different kind of time scale on what is appropriate and not. I also think that the the length of the relationship kind of dictates that as well. Mm, I think if you're only dating for a couple of months or something like that, I don't think you have to like... Is that even really a breakup? Like that's not even really a breakup. Like, okay, so... so Okay, I know you don't want to think about it, but let's just say you and I broke up. Okay, let's just say... say, Why did we break up? Let's say the pineapple thing finally got in the way. The pineapple on pizza thing finally was the... It was the, 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 the pineapple that broke the pizza's back. Is that is that how? Do you, are you comfortable with that analogy? No. Is that, no? Okay. <laughs> but let's just say, let's just say for, for argument's sake. Okay. How long do you think is appropriate before one of us would post photos with a new partner? So we've been together almost four years, See, right? Social media is an easy one though. What do you mean it's an easy one? You unfriend your ex. Yeah. And then you post all the shit you want because they're not going to see it. Because Well, they will, but... You make it private. Yeah, but somebody else is going to show it to them. Yeah. It's funny because... Well, that was my situation. Mm, yes. Somebody ratted on you. Yeah, because my... But, I, and, and then I had to play detective in but, my, in my but Facebook. But we, uh, we waited... We did wait a while. A we, long time. We waited six months, seven months. Before we posted anything, it was on it was seven together. or eight months before yeah. before we posted something, and it wasn't even like, oh my god, you're like the best. Yeah, thing ever. it was. It was, it, it was like just a very status. like. It was just no. a, it was just a picture of the two of us. Yeah, and I and I think which I feel is a better a low key way is a more respectful way of doing it yeah. than a like. And now introducing the love of my life, <laughs> and, you know, like I okay. found my twin flame. Oh you my know? god, calm down. <laughs> yeah, my twin flame. Oh I think god. a subtle picture of like. Because people will figure it out, especially sure they especially will. if like you've been together with your partner for a long time, and then all of a sudden there's a break in your feed where there's just no pictures of the two of you together, and then all of a sudden now you're with some. There's a picture with you with another person. But you, you a, a couple of people like messaged. You I did or, get some messages where they were like, "Hey man, it's been a long time. Uh, I guess some things have changed. Yeah. Uh, give me a call sometime." Yeah. And you know, but but I think you know, and and I didn't see like not my ex husband, but like my ex-boyfriend, yep. when he got a new girlfriend, I didn't know anything about it because he wasn't in my algorithm anymore. Right. And somebody's like, hey, have you seen so-and-so and his new girlfriend? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't, no. And actually, they just celebrated their 
two or three year anniversary. And I was like, happy anniversary, you two. Like, cause, cause that's where we're at too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think it can be really advantageous to show respect and constraint because you'd be surprised that some of your exes can be really, really good friends to you as the years go on because they know you better than sometimes some of your friends do. Yeah. Well, because they've had a different relationship with you than your friends have. Right. And and maybe they're going to be good sources of advice because they're no longer, you know, I mean, unless they're trying to get back with you, then you shouldn't ask them advice. <laughs> they're no. just going to give you sabotaging advice yeah. to make yeah. sure they end up back with you. Yeah. But, but I have, there's people that I've dated that, you know, it's been years and years and years since I've dated them. And we still check in every once in a while. Hey, what's going on? And just, you know, this is cool. And I'm happy to hear that. And, and I think that's, that's a really nice way to live. And mm-hmm. I think we've talked about before how that is something when you are looking for new partners or when you have a new partner, that's one of the first things you need to determine is what kind of relationships do they have with their exes? Yeah. And if they're all acrimonious, that's a red flag. Yeah. The common denominator is them. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, he's an asshole and she's a fucking psycho. <laughs> and it's like, are they all psychos except for me? Because you know what? You know who's going to be the next psycho? Me. Yeah. I'm going to be the next one. Yeah. So I think it's important to see what kind of... That is a real suggestion of their level of emotional maturity yeah. and intelligence. If they are completely incapable of maintaining some semblance of a friendship or relationship with their exes, that's probably not somebody you want to get involved with. And yeah, sometimes those those friendships are going to take time. Like I didn't comment on my ex-boyfriend stuff for a long, long time because I just felt it was respectful to keep some distance and maintain that distance. Why are you smiling like that? I'm just imagining like the level of shittiness that you could employ by just like commenting on yeah something? just commenting like <laughs> you never took me there or <laughs> or just like a like a nice or, or something like or that. wow she looks just like me yeah yeah right <laughs> i thought you were gonna upgrade you know? oh, <laughs> yeah, like wow. just the shade you could throw on somebody by just low-key commenting see on and stuff. that's horrible like that's it really is. and and, and, like... and there's no way somebody would stand for that you get, you get blocked or unfriended or something like that i would hope so <laughs> yeah. i would hope there's be some boundaries drawn so um and so, then, then you start a, a an Instagram page of you know dedicated to just slagging on your ex what are the what are the kid what do the kids call it these days your spam account your spam account yeah your yeah. finsta finsta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught I just caught a shorty off of finsta there you go so okay so we kind of covered that so you you had a couple of things to say about if you do have children yes what do you do then do what about new partners about new partners I think far too many people are far too quick to introduce new partners to children. Yes. Like way too early on. Oh, I agree. And you need to... It depends on your circumstance because if you are the sole custodial parent Mm -hmm. and you have your kids all the time, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be in a situation where you're going to introduce a serious partner probably sooner Mm -hmm. than if you're in a situation like I was in where... I had my kids part of the time and my ex had them the other half of the time. You have 50-50 custody. 50-50. And so I could live my life. Mm -hmm. I could have my life and my life with the kids be 
separate. Mm -hmm. It gets hard to have one at the exclusion of the other. Eventually it does. It did for me. I think only because they didn't know about me. Right. Once they know, I mean, I don't, we don't mix super often. No, we don't. Maybe a handful of times a year. Yeah. But the fact that they know about me is easier than when they didn't know about me. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. But we waited like, oh God. It was over a year. It was like, yeah, 14 or 15 months we waited. Before and 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 just to establish that relationship and make sure that was something that and was, the introduction was not like oh and by the way here's here's my girlfriend it was just here's my friend yeah the end no pressure no pressure yeah and I think it's really important you know we actually put some effort into making your ex comfortable I think with meeting me I think too a little much. too much effort yeah I think yeah. a little too much consideration was paid. Well, I think I think you're saying that because of the reaction that ended like nothing was going to be enough. But yeah, but I, it was important for me to meet with your ex and be clear about what my role was going to be with your children. That it was not going to I was not there to replace her. Mm-hmm. I was not a threat to her, mm-hmm. and that you know I was there as a support for you and for her um, as another another caring adult in your children's lives lives. and that to this day you know three years later is what it continues to be i don't act like a step parent they have even even though they call you that on occasion they do yeah they call me their stepmom yeah well you need to nip that in the bud when you get married b will be our stepmom and i'm like (laughs) you go yes she will yeah can you help me convince her that we should do that? Like, is that a thing? Little one? Okay, no, don't Tiniest do human? No, don't, don't, don't let, no. Make a card, please? No, don't let the, <laughs> don't let the little one ask me. Oh my God. But, but that's the thing. I, you know. And it's, it's tough because when you have an ex-partner, mm-hmm. that is the parent, the other parent, and they appear to be hellbent on just making your life miserable <laughs> when you give them consideration like that mm-hmm. they can try and use it to their advantage well, then, by being you know a roadblock or yeah, being but difficult then, but then at that obstinate. point you just go okay well i'm just going i i was being considerate now i'm just going to do and the that, thing. and ultimately that's what what, that's what we ended, ended up, up doing yeah. doing yeah. because i wanted to try and set a scenario where it would be possible for everybody to be in the same spot. Yeah. That's that's what you that's what that was the ultimate goal. Yeah. Which which the advice that I had been given was that that was a terrible idea. Yes. But that that advice wasn't given until after the fact, yeah. unfortunately. But my my ex was trying to manipulate the situation to her benefit in terms of even just things like timing and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And finally I said, well, this is when and where it's happening. You can show up or you not. You can show up or you cannot show up. Yeah. And she yeah. chose not to show up. And so, and then the problem was, is that the fact that I went ahead and did it anyways became a whole nother issue that had to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. So it, welcome to the uh, can't win department. <laughs> Like it didn't really and, matter what and, I did. And sometimes it'd be like that, right? Like yeah. sometimes it's going to be like that. But, yeah. but again, you can but sort you of know, rest, like, rest knowing that yes, you tried absolutely. and you, if you were erring on the side of consideration 
and respect for the other parent, then you know what? The way it works out is kind of secondary yeah. because you're you're doing what you need to do and how you feel you would like to be treated if yes. it was you. Yeah. And that's and I think I think that's what a lot of people forget. They mm-hmm. they if you're in doubt, flip the script and see how you would feel in that situation. Do you think it's important when children are involved for the ex-partner to meet the new partner prior not necessarily not necessarily i mean that that's what happened in our situation that's what that's what i chose to do i feel like i would want to because i felt like that was that was a real emotional situation i think she was very you know i i mean i understand as a mother that you're and and as a dad too that you're concerned about who you're kids are going to spend time with. Oh, I'm super concerned about that. And, yeah, and I'm but, barely certain that my children have been introduced to partners that weren't as serious as you and I were. Yeah, but that's that's not your but business, that's really. Thing. That's, it's not, that's your partner's choice. As long choice. as it's not endangering my children, mm-hmm. I, I there's really, not really much I can do no, about it. No, and it's really none of your business. Yeah, It's really none of your business. And I know you want it to be. And yeah. we all want to have that control over yeah. who our children are spending time with. Yeah. And if you feel that your children are in danger, then that's something you need to document. And then that's something that you need to pursue. Yes. But, you know, we're not always the best judge of... We talk, I'm an excellent judge. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm getting a withering stare. <laughs> <laughs> um, B wants to say, you're a horrible judge. I, I, th- I didn't say that. No, and your I don't eyes want to say- said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think sometimes we're not great when we're in it. We're not great at yes. judging when if you're we're too in close it. to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's and that's why I think, you know, it's important to just take some time and mm-hmm. breathe and relax a yep. little bit. Yeah, I think I think that this is a good place to wrap it up. Okay. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, but I think I think there are going to be listeners who are going to have some questions because everybody's scenario is kind of different, right? And, yeah. And the way you would react or the way I would react to something is largely dependent on the kind of circumstances around For that scenario. Sure. So if you have some specific questions you kind of want to throw our way or you'd like our non-legally binding advice <laughs> as just a couple of voices on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, where can people do that? Well... We have a website, mm-hmm. cheatingonfear.com. You can send yep. us an email, info at cheatingonfear.com. Super easy. We would love to hear from you. Please do. Comments, questions, future shows that you would like to hear Yeah, would be great. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter at cheatingonfear. You can send us a message through there. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, especially on Instagram, you can comment and follow yep. on our we're very active content. on Instagram. It really helps us out if you subscribe mm-hmm. and leave a review mm-hmm. on the various platforms. We're on all you're... the major, where, wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, we're there. wherever they live yep. is great. Or share the episode with somebody that you think That's great. will benefit from it mm-hmm. or will enjoy it <laughs> or get a laugh. But uh, yeah, so. Thank you. Be an awesome ex. Yes, be, oh, do you hear that? Be. Beatrice and awesome ex. <laughs> B happens to be that's where the Dante be a shitty ex yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) alright thanks B thank you alright bye everyone bye